Or you want to do you want to do bench press every day. That's the most important. Yeah, and deadlift. <laughs> Powerlifting every day. I can't tell if you guys are serious or not. We're going, we're going to the Olympics. We're going to compete. Right. That is the goal every day. Right. All day, every day. That's the NASCAR tip? Great. Mind, mindset of a winner. It's every day, bro. No, nope. Okay. Nope. No. Nope. No, no, nope. no, no, no. Edit, edit that out. Uh, no. <laughs> Welcome back to the Unasked For podcast, the podcast that no one asked for, but they're getting anyway. I'm your host, Isabel Gutierrez, and for today's episode, I have my good friends Miles and Adam on. Now, just a forewarning, I would grab a glass of water, some coffee, tea, wine if you're over 21, because you're going to want to take a shot for every time we say emotional intelligence. That's right, in this episode, we're talking about the stigma that men can't cry, what it means to be in tune with our emotions, and how that can benefit us in the relationships that we have in life. So you know what to do. Get in your car, go on a drive, put on this podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Well, I'm glad you guys are on the podcast, you know, because I think this topic is going to be a really cool conversation. And also just having, you know, two brothers that I really respect and appreciate oh. in my life. So, oh, uh, <laughs> emotions. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just super excited. So let's just jump right in. Um, I want to hear your guys' opinion on the stigma surrounding guys, emotions, crying. What do you think about that stigma? What have you been fed from TV, your childhood, etc.? What are your thoughts on that? I mean... Especially getting into today's society, it, they're putting kind of like a limit to masculinity. Because mm. um, you're like, oh, too much is too bad. But it's like, no, if you're able to kind of harness it and to find a good balance between being emotional and having that masculinity, then you should be fine. Because mm. like with today's stigma, it's more seen as men aren't supposed to cry. That just makes them less, look less manly. Um. So like showing any emotion at all and not just crying or just being vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, it. I feel like the stigma of men aren't supposed to show emotion publicly is been around forever um, based on like, you know, cultural norms throughout history and biological norms, you know, it, showing emotion is quote unquote considered weakness and men aren't supposed to be weak per se because you know when you think of emotions you think of like a child right you think of temper tantrums you think Mm -hmm. of child crying and society doesn't want or other men in society look down upon immature men and men that aren't as manly as them because you have the whole alpha male complex and everything. So there's, I feel like there's a lot more pressure that men put on other men than women Mm. put on men. I feel like men for sure are more likely to make fun of you and treat you less than them if you are showing a lot more emotion, which is wrong. (laughs) You're not less of a, a man or less of a person by showing emotions it's all in the right doses that's important yeah absolutely and also like i didn't mention this but i'm also glad that you guys are on because both of you separately have 
been vulnerable with me as your friend and it did mean a lot just you know just as a friendship to be vulnerable with each other but also just as men who probably have been fed a stigma again whether through tv hollywood your parents i don't know but you know you you kind of have to or the stigma says that you kind of have to shove it down yeah there's like a there's like an unspoken kind of competition in rooms with guys hmm. that's just for my personal thing like you can just kind of feel a little bit of tension in a room with there's a bunch of guys especially like in a gym of some sort there's like every guy is subtly competing with each other in there some people might not want to say that at all they're like no no i don't it's like yeah there's a little bit of competition yeah i mean never, you bring two guys together yeah i mean i feel like competition's fine as long as it doesn't turn into like something toxic and it makes you look like a you know like a douche yeah i mean it's okay to compete it's totally fine it's completely normal but mm-hmm. it's just like when it becomes a lot more harsh and more toxic then that's where it starts to draw that line as long as what you're doing isn't harming yourself or other people like how your emotions how you express your emotions if they're not harming yourself or other people i consider that healthy mm-hmm. um certain people would suppress certain emotions like, you know, a lot of guys will suppress being vulnerable. That's not necessarily being emotionally unintelligent because, you know, you have like all the cultural pressures and stigmas associated with things that make people do what they do. It's just that they're, you're not able to fully become a well-rounded, emotionally intelligent person unless you've been able to master the art, <laughs> the art. <laughs> lack of a better term of um it's an art not necessarily <laughs> controlling but expressing every kind of emotion that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah absolutely i think kind of uh straying away from just talking about like guys and emotions but um i was in therapy for only i guess a couple of months and me as just Izzy and who I am I have never been good at expressing negative emotions I'm always someone who wants to be happy and positive like let's go have fun like da, 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 da. like why are we sitting in sorrow um but what I learned in therapy the thing that I think my season in therapy taught me was being able to acknowledge emotions and channel that and process it however is healthy for me so some people might cry every time they feel something sad that's not a bad thing if that's healthy for them other people Mm -hmm. might just talk it out with people they may not cry but them acknowledging that this is how i'm going to process my emotion is through talking that's you know i think that's the healthy part i think that's what you were going at adam is just Mm -hmm. um figuring out which healthy way works for you to process those emotions you guys said certain things about what comes to mind when you think about emotional intelligence and you guys said really great stuff, but how does that connect or apply to your own life and your way of processing emotion? Like for me, when I'm, you know, going through a hard time, I'm usually one to just reach out to people, close friends, especially, and just talk it out really. But for me personally, I'm more of just like, just talk it out. Um, and then, Hopefully it will pass eventually. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I handle it, I would say. 
I usually cry myself to sleep every night. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> so hard. That's your I, nightly I, routine. Yeah, it's, it's part of my night. After I brush my teeth, you know, I tuck myself into bed. Oh Give myself a bedtime story. Cry until I can't feel anything anymore. Oh my <laughs> <Just> god. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not, I'm not really sad or too happy all the time. I'm just more of like a middle of the road kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's only for fleeting moments where, you know, you have like a surge of hormones where an emotional response would happen. But I feel like I'm pretty good at controlling that, especially around other people, um, to not hurt any relationship I have. You know, I'm not someone that gets angry at people. I've, I don't think I've ever yelled at someone <laughs> in my, like, in any of my friends. Um, What's that like? I've only done it once. <laughs> I yelled at Adam the other day. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's like almost a, a daily thing. You, know? I mean, <laughs> you should hear us when we're playing games. I'm yelling at him all the time. <laughs> it's not personal, I promise. It's not personal. You said my way. Sure. <laughs> it's not personal. It's just you were being an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I, I feel like I'm able to healthily express my sadness to people you know i'm not afraid to talk about things that bother me like miles said Mm -hmm. um to people um i'm not afraid to cry in front of people um like just yesterday i was watching stranger things with alicia it's her first time watching it Mm -hmm. and i freaking love it yeah i'm like say no more say no more (laughs) no spoilers but it's a roller coaster of emotions. We'll Just the end of season three. Oh. It, was, it was her first time. I, 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 was, I was crying. I, I've seen it four times, but it still makes me shed a tear. Tear jerker, man. Of course. Yeah, yeah like I, I have no qualms about crying in movies and TV shows because if I do cry, that means it's a good show. Exactly. Because I care and they did a good job of making me care. It yes. elicited a, an emotional response. Yes. Like that's me with music. When I hear a good soundtrack playing in the music and that just, or in a movie, it just helps push that point in that movie. And it's just like, oh, I love it. And I feel like my eyes start to swell. And it's like, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry. And then I end up crying. But hey, it's okay. It's totally fine. You're feeling an emotion. You're feeling something. And it shows that you have empathy. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you're able to cry for somebody else, it shows you have empathy. And, you know, I, there's not much going on in my life that makes me cry. I more often tend to cry for things happening in other people's lives. Mm. Yeah. Or for people that don't exist, like in shows and movies. Like, you know, I, I there's nothing really going on in my life that makes me cry anymore um but it's not that i'm suppressing it it's just i feel like life's been good to me Mm. over the past minus the whole uh 2020 right 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 (laughs) all that i'm 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 control i'm able to control on the other end the happiness because i i i could be oh i'm super happy and then that could turn into pride or that can make me lose sense of the negatives that could come like if i'm getting too happy all the time mm. and all of a sudden something bad happens the pendulum will swing the complete other way mm. and i feel like that is also 
a little unhealthy to be too happy, which sounds kind of weird. Like how, why would it be bad to be too happy? Um, but if you're too happy to at the point that you can't really acknowledge that something bad might happen in your life, it could hit you a lot harder than someone that's more likely expecting something maybe to hit them. I do want to add though, the big role that media plays in how a man should be emotionally. I think if we look in Hollywood, you know, we we have these big stars, especially in like the 1900s, you know, the macho guys and the serious guys and the tough guys. But then now I'm noticing that we're changing that to this is how a guy should be. He should be a little soft boy. He should be a little sad boy because that's cute. But I'm wondering what your guys' opinion is and what is that happy medium? It's okay to be a gentleman and it's okay to be um, tough, but we can also be soft at the same time. Like it's, we can't find that balance between the two. It's okay to be strong and soft. Um, I mean, the more rounded we are, we could be a whole lot happier with our lives. Uh, we could be more connected with more people mm-hmm. and we could be a lot more confident too. Um, if we're able to find that balance between masculinity and like honing in our emotions. That's a great, so. that's a great thought. How, how do you think guys can get to that balance? Um, I mean, to be emotional, it's okay to be emotional with people that you trust. You don't have to be bawling out in the public, screaming at the top of your lungs, you know, like, help me, please. I mean, unless you're in serious trouble, then yes, please do that. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Yeah, but if it's over, like, smaller things, then I don't really think it's, you know, much needed. But to find that balance, um... That's actually a good point. I don't really know. That's really <laughs> I, think, I, think about I, it. I think that to find a balance, you need to um, expand your friend group. If you have a, a like a very close friend group, but all you do is hang out with them, you know, it's, they say that the, the five closest people in your life are most like them. So if you have that same friend group and those are the only people you interact with, you're only going to really interact with other people in one way. And that's that way you've only known. If you have, say, six different friend groups, some are all guys, some are all girls, some are mix of both, you're going to have very different, more well-rounded interactions with different people. So if you expand your friend groups to have different types of people, you're going to have a lot more quote unquote training of expressing different kinds of emotions rather if you're just hanging out with the boys all the time the boys you're just gonna act like the boys <laughs> you're just gonna be silly goofy suppressing your emotions having like making fun of each other having fun but if then you hang out with a, a group of girls you can't really act like the boys because there's a completely different way of communicating with them and then you were not going to learn that until you actually do that and then you will have a next group where you, you have your boys, but then you'll have some of the girls there. And then you, you that's where you kind of find the balance of two opposing ways of communication. Because um, guys communicate a lot differently with guys than girls do with girls, you know. I mm-hmm. agree. Um, and not only just like with 
differences in sex, but also in types of groups. You know, if you say you have a, you're on a sports team and that's all you hang out with is your, your sports team, you're going to probably act like if you're a guy, you're, you know, you're going to act like a jock <laughs> all the time. But if you're on the sports team, but then you're also in a cooking class and then you are also in like a, a church group but then you're also in a club at marching school. band all these different <laughs> kinds of people with all different types of personalities will make you a more well-rounded person than if you're just with one group of people that's easier said than done obviously it's like yeah hard to make friends as you grow up older and older because people have work and they move and they have families it's easier when you're younger to establish a well-rounded friend group but yeah i think that's the most practical way of being able to have a well-rounded emotional intelligence is to have different people that you're close with in your lives not just one type of person exactly it's a great great point you want people to like lift you up too you don't want to be people that are going to be you know like scumbags or anything absolutely you want people that will help lift you up Mm -hmm. um so the more groups you have that you know will be there to be like a positive impact with you emotionally and you know like to help support as well then that'll be like huge in the long run absolutely i think also going off of that when you have friends that you know you can trust with your emotions or how you are in an emotional state the easier it is for you to be more vulnerable and be more authentic with your emotions right so if you grew up in a household where you cried over something and your parents, you know, shamed you for doing that or made you feel bad for expressing that type of emotion, of course you're going to grow up with more of a hardened way of feeling that in the future. But if you are lucky to grow up in a household that didn't do that, that accepted you however you were feeling, or you have friends, um, mentors, etc., who validated those emotions, the easier it is for you to continue becoming more emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have support in exp- how you express emotions. You're more likely to continue down that path. But and then, you know, if you're a young kid and your whole life you were told to, you know, sit down, shut up, follow directions, you're going to have a really tough time in adulthood because all the critical points of your personality formation and all the critical points of development, that was the only way you looked at the world. That's your only perspective. So it's going to be much harder later on in life to be more versatile in emotional expression, um, in all emotions, you know, if you, if you're just a stoic person, because that's how you're raised, it's going to be harder for you to be able to healthily express happiness, sadness, anger, grief, all those. Um, so that kind of comes down to parenting too, mm-hmm. and teaching your kids what happens in the home. Yeah. You, you both have been in relationships or are currently in one right now. In your experience, why is it super important to be some sort of emotionally intelligent going into a relationship? Uh, I mean, it could just show that you're vulnerable and that you're approachable. And being able to emotionally connect makes it a lot deeper of a relationship, I would say. 
Because if you had, if one side was more kind of cut off and they didn't really express their emotions as much as you want them to, that's just going to help. That's just going to raise questions and kind of give yourself self doubt. And that just goes downhill from there. It makes it very hard and it strains the relationship. And most times it doesn't really work out. Um, so I feel like if you're able to connect emotionally, then it'll definitely benefit in the long run, especially if it's something that you're looking for to be a long-term relationship. It pretty much eliminates, or not fully eliminates, but drastically reduces the chances of it ending on a stupid way. You know, be, being able to actually have a mature conversation without getting mad at the other person is crucial for any relationship they'd be able to empathize with that person and be like hey i i understand where you're coming from you know i i, I can see if i was in your shoes how i would feel in that same situation set your boundaries set the expectations because if you don't it's probably not going to end well communication and being emo the title of this should be take a shot every time we say emotional intelligence <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. I'm I take that challenge to I'm heart. Down. Um, <laughs> okay, let's where, restart this. Where's the rum? <laughs> we do it too. We, uh, <laughs> oh, that would have been such a good thing. Next time, we next play time. that. We play that during this. And every time someone says it, we're like, ah, oh, great. And by the end of the podcast, we're all just like, yo, we're all crying and everything. <laughs> you guys Can are we forgetting. Please do that for a sequel. You guys Can are please for- do that yes. for a sequel. You guys are yes. forgetting that high schoolers listen to this podcast, so I can't. Uh, don't drink until you're 21. I was just kidding. <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> we want to be very mature. Um, we we're talking about drinking water. Yes. Right, of course. On that's for Stay hydrated. From yes. And grape juice from <laughs> communion when we go to church. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only kind of drinking we're doing up in here. Communication and emotional intelligence go hand in hand because. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think we said this already, but to reinstate emotional intelligence doesn't mean crying every day. Because, for example, I feel comfortable now to cry in front of my closest friends when I am feeling overwhelmed with emotion about something. However, I'm not going to cry to my boss at work. Exercising your ability to, you know, see, see what is a safe, appropriate space for you to feel those emotions and with someone you trust Granted, you can always be emotionally intelligent by yourself. Um, most people process emotions by themselves better. Um, That's yeah. me. <laughs> That's yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. I'm a very, I internalize everything and I sit with it, marinate with it. And then mm-hmm. I, I, I don't really, unless it's a practical problem, I don't really bring it to someone else's attention mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I kind of like to, because that's how I grew up. Mm. I just internalized everything, and it, it 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 like it wasn't the best way of doing it because it was it was tough growing up. Mm. Um, but now that I that was how I learned how to do it. Now that's how I do it still. Mm. Um, process all my emotions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like you were saying, knowing the time and the place and the correct people is crucial in emotional intelligence because like you said you don't want to have like a outburst or start crying in front of your boss yeah to prevent that that can look like 
going to therapy, making sure that, you know, air it out, air it out somehow so it doesn't bury deep down because it can turn into resentment or apathy. Apathy is the worst. Apathy is the worst. It's I like, think it's the worst emotion. But is it an emotion? Lack of emo- it's a lack of emotion. That's why it's the worst. That's like some sociopathic-ish. Speaking of sociopathic, have you seen American Psycho? <laughs> yes. I've seen it once, uh, like, several years ago. I Christian, can't remember it, really. Christian Bale. God. I know he's, like, Christian a serial killer, Bale. but also... Oh, gosh, I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the bad boys. I don't, I don't get it. I, don't I mean, it, it even works on me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean... Questions start to rise. <laughs> um, to wrap this up, do you guys have a final unasked for tip that you can give to maybe younger guys or fellow bros about, you know, sitting with your emotions and stuff? Do you have an unasked for tip about that? Well, I mean, it's a lot of it is developed just by maturing and going through the experience so that you can look back at it and be like, you know what, I probably should have handled that a little bit different and then you can learn from your mistakes that you probably made and then to grow from that um but like in the moment of something emotional happening depending on which one it is say it's like frustration or anger um it's always it's not a bad idea to like vent it out but not harming it onto anybody so if it's something physical like you know punching like a punching bag or working out like that's some way that you can kind of release it because you know when you're working out you know you get the chemicals going through your brain and you feel good at the end um so that's probably one quick way to get through certain emotions um probably not keep it to yourself too long if it's something big Mm. because it always does help to just talk it out with somebody that you trust um so i feel like that would be the advice i would give find somebody you can trust let them know be like hey i'm going through a tough time is what's happening and then it just let it free so it's important to figure out the different types of people that you bring out the best in you mm-hmm. and the only way to do that is by diversifying your friend group Absolutely. um obviously don't like cut people off unless they're a bad influence in your life and hurting you in some way but you know expand your group keep your current friend group because those are the relationships that are the strongest in your life and see what type of people bring out the best in you Uh, it's probably the best way and then once once you're around those people you're going to start hanging out with them more and then you're going to you know have a different perspective on the world i think perspective is everything because in high school perspective is i just want to be i want to fit in I want people to accept me. Mm-hmm. And if you diversify your friend group, you're not going to really have that because your perspectives change. You're like, okay, now I'm looking at it this way. It's not that important anymore. I have a lot of friends. I don't need everyone to look at me a certain way. I just need the people around me to look at me a certain way. No matter if you are 14, 24, 34, etc., having at least one safe space and one safe person that you can feel things with. Um, For example, that's my car. My car is my safe zone. (laughs) That is my sanctuary. Um, But having just like one space, it could be your room, your car, 
the mountains, the beach, whatever, and having that one person that you know you can always feel validated by is a really big thing. And that's super beneficial. And if you have more than one person in one place, that's amazing. But start with just having one place and one person. The car is a great one. Yes, yeah. mine too. Yeah. It's your car. No one else is in there. Mm-hmm. Windows are up. No one can hear you. Yeah. Scream. <laughs> oh my gosh. My mentor said the same thing this morning when I was talking to her. She was like, your car, you can scream because no one can hear you. Yeah, just blast music too. You know, double whammy. Yes. It's great. Just, Unless yeah, you don't have right. a car, then then uh, you're screwed. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Thank you guys so much for being on. You guys are so rad, and I'm just super grateful to have you guys in my life. Thanks for being on. Yay! Thank you for Thanks for the invite. Hopefully, there will be a part two so that we can do the drinking game. Okay. <laughs> Bro, I can't say that. <laughs> I'm not an alcoholic. I promise. Oh, we'll get you help. Don't worry. Okay.